yeah, you say I'm Reagan, student pastor at a local church. Yeah. You know, at the same yeah. local church. You know, you just yeah. fill it in. Just something cute. And then something cute like your personality. Stop. But when someone says your personality It doesn't mean is that cute, you're cute. That's like if degree. somebody says like, oh yeah, they're nice. <laughs> that doesn't mean they're like... They're, it's that like... That means no. That's the bare minimum but like, compliment. You want you them someone. to be nice. Nice just needs to be like number five, six, or seven on the list of things. If, right. if nice right, is right, number right. Sure. one, that's not a good sign. That's you stay away. Sign. Yeah. Um, anyways, you make fun of me for my podcast that's intro. True. You, you make fun of me and... You know, me having a background, a very successful background. We're going to wow, talk about pride in a couple of weeks, so I don't have to deal with it. I don't have to deal with it now. Uh, we'll deal with it in a couple episodes. Podcast. I My podcast intro is fire. It meets all the criteria for a successful podcast intro. Yeah. High energy. Rememberable. I'm counting on the fingers. That's all you need. That's, that, that is a sticky, as yeah. they say. Do you know what else is sticky and high energy? Anyways. Middle schoolers. I mean. You just compared your intro to middle schoolers, which really fits. So why don't you go ahead and do it? And it is my favorite ministry. Same. So. <laughs> yo, yo, what is up, guys? My name is Victor, and I am a student pastor at a local church in North and Carolina. My name is Reagan Jones, and I am also a local student pastor at the same church, different campus. And this is Sanctified-ish conversations with pastors who just have not figured it out yet. Reagan, what's up, man? How you doing? You know, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm tired. Um, what you drinking? Water. <laughs> okay. It's just a glass. It's, it's, it's a little look, suspect. That's it's, all. <laughs> um, you got to swirl it around to smell the tannins. Right, right, right. It's got an oaky afterbirth. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> For all my office friends, y'all will get it. Bro, I don't think that's from the office, man. I think that's, I think that's just from you. Um, no, that is 100% from the office. Tweet at R. Jones so, <laughs> uh, and remind him that it is R. Jones. I'll, I'll, I'll put your email Bro, out I'm there. Not, I'm not toxic enough for Twitter. Um, but I, I got all this stuff. From, it's pretty bad out there. Bro, it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, but it's super entertaining. That's what I did for like the first two months of like quarantine and COVID. It was TikTok and Twitter. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, Twitter. Who's who's yelling at somebody? And then let's just like watch people dance. Like that's why is Kanye West yeah. trending? And <laughs> he's and whatever he's still else. Trending. He, Bro, Kanye was trending over the Super Bowl. Shocking. On Shocking. Twitter. Yeah, during the Super Bowl. Kind of crazy. Kanye can because it's like the freaking Super Bowl. Kanye, okay, but hear me. Kanye is bigger than the Super Bowl. I okay okay we we need to we have a whole podcast for Kanye that if we exhaust our material now no one will listen okay to. so okay so that's one, my fault. one minute bit on that though Matthew Stafford <laughs> and who who was the other one oh Joe Burrow okay I was gonna say Joe Burrow kind of falls in this category I forgot about Joe Burrow I apologize but Come like on. Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford are not on the same level as Kanye they will never be on the same level as Kanye Aaron Donald I don't think any no. football player. Tom no. Brady, maybe even even okay. Snoop, Dre are not on the same level as Kanye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not. Eminem they're not. is not on the same level Con as Kanye. Mary J. Blige is not on the same level if, as Kanye. Yeah, Kendrick are maybe. Cool, uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Kend yeah. That's that's a whole maybe. debate. That's a whole yeah. debate. Um, 
if y'all if y'all are cool and not like Christian weirdos, you should check out Genius on Netflix. It's a Kanye documentary that will just like reshape your brain yeah. surrounding Kanye. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> that glass you were drinking out of looks interesting. <laughs> so Kanye, <laughs> welcome back to Sanctified Ish. <laughs> um, man, episode yeah. two. We literally we, we we talked about the podcast last episode and we talked about how we were going to start off on a positive note. You know, we really want uplifting. We really want our listeners to yeah. be encouraged. Right. Especially we want this to be like Caleb, just positive, encouraging. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Joy FM, like Christmas music. But then at like 2 a.m., the music shifts and it becomes really weird on this. Chris- have you have you all listened to a Christian radio station at 2 a.m.? Bro, it's crazy. We want to be your t- <laughs> it's like Christian dubstep. Yeah. <laughs> we want to be your 2 a.m. podcast. It's like I thought I was listening to something happy and then boom, sanctified ish comes on. And now we're talking about burnout, boom. loneliness, Kanye, like all the all the this stuff. is the podcast that comes on at 2 a.m. on Christian radio Praise stations. God. They're like they're not sure if it's OK to play on a Christian yeah. radio station. So they put it at the 2 a.m. slot yeah. um, so that all the bad Christians who are out, who are out late can listen yeah, to like it. Caleb after midnight. <sighs> Anyways, <laughs> it's, that place is scary, yeah. bro. That place is scary. So to start on an encouraging note, we're going to talk about burnout. Now, I think. To start us off, we talked a little bit about about this in the last episode, but what what is burnout? I mean, we've we're both super young. Yeah. How should we even de- like be dealing with burnout? I mean, we haven't even been in ministry for five years combined. If let alone five years alone. If we're not allowed to deal with burnout in our mid twenties, that's super depressing because I feel like I've already been burned out like twice. Um, yeah. And honestly, like, I, th- I think to define what burnout is, it's easier to define what it isn't because I'm not even sure I 100% For know sure. what it, it just feels like a lack of motivation and just an overwhelming, like, I can't do it. Um, like, I'm yeah. a very, like, climb the mountain, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, do it type of person. When I get burned out, I get very, the sky is gray, I'm done, I just want to stay in my twin bed mm-hmm. and not get up in the morning. Like, but... What that isn't is that isn't depression. Um, and I think the, the, those two things get correlated very easily. Um, and so, so they're pretty close yeah, to each other. There's going to be some overlap, but I know people that have depression that are not burned out. And I know people that have burned out yeah. that are not depressed. And I think so easily we correlate those two together. Um, and so I, I think it's easier to actually define burnout by what, by what it isn't than rather what it is. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I was even with the concept of like this is this just happens in Christianity in general, and we could do a whole episode on Christian terms, yeah. but never Christians never actually defining what they mean. But we just say, man, I'm just burned out without really knowing what the concept of burnout yeah. is. And like I've even fallen like guilty of that. I this is the place I find all truth on the internet. And I look, I just Googled it. I was literally like, what is burnout? Give me a definition. And I clicked on the first link, which was WebMD. And WebMD is the website that convinces me I have cancer when I stub my toe. You know, it's like, oh, your toe hurts. The Your possibilities are stub toe, small bruise, and stage four lung cancer. And there's no in between. But... I found I found their definition, especially from like a worldly perspective, quite interesting. 
Okay, so t- Reagan, tell me what you think of this because we haven't talked about this beforehand. Okay. WebMD defines burnout as burnout happens when you're overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to keep up with life's demands. Yeah. That's the definition that they give. What do you think? Yeah, I would say, especially for a Christian standpoint, when you're talking about especially like burnout in ministry, there's a level of like hopelessness yeah. that comes in there um, that I think we think, in, in especially with burnout, that God can't get me out of this. Or like, if mm-hmm. God's the motivation of my ministry, once I've hit burnout, like the magic juice is gone and God can't lift me from this immovable pit that I yeah. found myself in. Um, because like also what burnout isn't is it doesn't mean like a lot of us want to work hard. And then when you do work hard and you're tired afterwards, that also isn't burnout either. That's just exhaustion. So like yeah. bur- burnout yeah. is that level where it's like you are completely flatlined. You are down on the ground. Like there's a level of hopelessness and it's, it's hard to get back up from there. But I think one of the things that we want to even talk about in here and show you guys that like just because you burn out in ministry doesn't mean you can't come back from it. Um, yeah. Strangely, burnout is somewhat natural in ministry. Um, I don't know many pastors that haven't been burned out in some capacity, in some manner. Um, yeah. And burnout, it isn't biblical, but it's actually found in the Bible. Um, like oh, David, when he says, why are you cast down my soul? Like that yeah. is a level of like my soul is down in the deepest pit and it isn't coming back up. Like it's the, that that's the feeling. Like you feel mm. cast down. That's what being burned out feels like. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think there's there's a kind of like a differentiation that we have to make between discouragement and burnout. Right. Because obviously burnouts can be the, you know, tipping over of lots of discouragement compiled over a long period of time. But there have been days where I've come home from work, come home Sunday night after a long day of ministry and I felt discouraged. And in those moments, I've been tempted to tell myself man, Victor, you're burned out. Like you're tired. You're done. You're on the floor. But then I wake up in the morning, spend time with Jesus. And those discouraging feelings kind of fade. Reagan, where, I mean, this is something that I'm even trying to figure out. Where is the line between being discouraged in ministry and being burned out? (laughs) And is there like any overlap? Because man, as as like as a young pastor like there are as just a pastor in general like there are a lot of moments where you're going to be discouraged like yeah i i feel like most of my ministry i feel like i have been personally discouraged i feel like every pastor feels personally discouraged like someone can tell you a thousand good things but like you feel personally discouraged on the inside like i think the biggest there was a, a season of burnout that i kind of felt um last fall that I didn't notice it until the spring came. And like, I look back and I was like, interesting. Oh no, I was burned out. Like I was, I was cast down. Like I was spinning on my last wheel. I think discouragement is a day to day feeling or a week to week feeling. I think burnout is a longer period of time. It's a season. Um, and I've never been able to notice it in the moment because I, I think I'm just discouraged. If I can just, if the next, event can go right if 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 i can just fight through to the next thing yep 
And but then you look up and eventually the things mm. stop and it's been six months. And when the events stop, you're like, oh no, I'm not just discouraged. I'm just done. I'm just burned out. Like I've, I've yeah. got nothing left. Um, and so I think that there's a long game that happens with burnout. Um, and so I, I think there's, 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 there's two hmm. ways that we battle it in a sense. I think there's a preventative nature and a restorative one. So it's like, how do we, okay. how do we help prevent burnout in ministry? And how do we come back from it? Like maybe you're sitting here today and like, you just realize that, man, I'm in a position of burnout and waking up and doing that small group tomorrow or calling those leaders or even just showing up to the church building or to Popeye's at like five in the morning. Like that's just like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like God yeah. can restore that. He can redeem that. And he can bring your heart back to a place of hope again. Um, so Vic, how have one, have you battled burnout before? And two, how have you, let's, let's start with preventative and then we'll go to restorative. So start with those two things. Yeah. Yeah. I think, man burnout is just such an elusive concept i think i think there are a handful of different types of burnout um which we can dive into all of all of those types of things but i think i experienced burnout relatively early into my job at my church and the warning signs that i can look back on make it pretty obvious but in the moment i had no clue that burnout was coming because i didn't know how difficult stepping into my job would be so a little context about where my campus that i'm at my campus did not have a student ministry for three years before i got there so it was run by a handful of extremely faithful volunteers that showed up they did what they needed to do, but there was no one there being paid hours to pour into and develop what a student ministry could be. And so it was it was it was just on the the edge of, of just being nothing. And so I came out with I came into ministry as a student director at a small campus with no students in middle school or in high school with seemingly nowhere to find students to come to our church and with no real avenue to get plugged into any local high school because we we are surrounded by a lot of private and boarding schools, which adds a le- level yeah. of difficulty. So I came in, I was fired up. Like I went, I remember going to Target with my with my new church credit card and buying a desk organizer the day I got hired. I was like, heck <laughs> yes. I I think I bought staples. <laughs> Bro, I don't need staples. I just bought when staples. When have you ever staple thing in <laughs> the five years you've been a student? Yeah, exactly. Never. Exactly. Never. <laughs> I've never stapled anything. But I was so excited that I just couldn't I couldn't contain myself. I had to buy that first thing to put on my desk, right? I had to go home and get that book that I wanted to put in my library, right? In my cubicle, right? Like I was so fired up. And then a month later, I had nothing. I had a desk. I had a couple of coworkers that love and care for me, but in ministry I had nothing. I had no students. All my volunteers had left and I was left with 20 hours a week to, to do ministry. And I had, I was 21 years old. No, I was 20 years old. And 
I had never done anything like this before. Like, what do you do? There's no, I've been in seminary. There's no class that teaches you how to do this. And so I think the realization of, oh, what people told you when you applied that this campus was hard was true. It hit me like a truck and I became unmotivated. I had this idea or the sense of hopelessness. And in a lot of ways, I felt like I just needed to give up. I was like, was this even the right call? There are tons of other openings at this church I could have applied for. I had worked at the church before this. I could have just stayed at that job. I enjoyed that job. I had fun. Right. And, and so it was all of those things hit me like a truck. And I think that's what, that's what led to burnout. I think the important thing, the preventative nature of this was that in that moment, I'm a sinner, right? I struggle with sin. I'm not perfect. I'm being sanctified, right? I don't think my burnout was a result of my sin. Yeah. Like, I don't think I was any, I wasn't in any habitual, you know, unrepentant sin that needed to be called out. Right. I wasn't, I wasn't struggling with pride or looking things on my phone that I shouldn't be like, I wasn't, I wasn't doing the things that results that, that you would assume would result in burnout or fruitless ministry. I was, I mean, I was fired up to work at a church. I was actually more on fire for Jesus than I had been in a long yeah. time. And yet I still, I still resulted in burnout. And so the preventative aspect of it is kind of like your normal middle school, <laughs> small group Bible <laughs> answer, man, we need to be on top of our spiritual disciplines. Yeah. We need to be in the word. We need to be with Jesus and not in a superficial way. I remember um, there's a pastor that came and spoke. Oh, what's his name? He wrote the ruthless elimination John of hurry. Um, yeah. John yeah. Mark Homer. He, he was talking to, he was talking to our church and he basically said something along the lines of like, we tell our church that they need to spend 10 minutes <laughs> in the Bible a day. That's a lie. Yeah. We need to tell them to spend an hour in the Bible a day. Right. But like, we're just trying to get them to spend he was like straight minutes. up. He was like, I would like, never tell this to them on a stage on Sunday morning, but because <laughs> yeah, you're, you're yeah. overworked church members here, like this like, is for you. And like as pastors, we need to have a deep, deep, yeah. deep rooted relationship with yeah. Jesus that doesn't prevent burnout. But man, if we have a strong relationship with Jesus going into burnout, the restorative aspect of it becomes a whole heck of a lot easier. So that's a really, 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 really important thing to touch on there because just because you have a relationship with Jesus doesn't mean that you won't experience burnout. Um, And just because you are experiencing burnout does not mean God has forsaken you. It does not mean you are not walking with him. Like, like Vic said, doesn't mean you're in habitual sin. Um, It just simply means that like the thing that you are doing, uh, I think someone told me like burnout is really a result of passion it's either a result of like passion hmm. or external circumstances. Like you were either so excited to do what you are doing and therefore you will kill yourself at the expense of like serving other people and serving the ministry. Yeah. Or it is like the circumstances that's surrounding you, whether like you have families that are like have kids in the hospital, like you just have a bunch of dumpster fires that are around you and the external circumstances are so much that like you're pouring so much out and that's going to burn you out also. Like it isn't always because, oh, I've walked away from Jesus and God has forsaken me. Therefore, now I have this empty void in my heart and a fruitless ministry. 
Like that's mm. not the case at yeah, all. That's good. And I love like when you that's say good. preventative, like Jesus, when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, right before he's going to go to the cross, like he goes and he spends time away and he calls out Peter for not going mm. and spending time with him too. He says, watch and pray with me, watch and pray, watch and pray, watch and pray, watch and pray. Um, and he says, lest you fall into temptation. And I don't think burnout is temptation. Um, I think we can shift in it because we idolize ministry, at least in my heart, ministry is an idol. And so when I want to be more successful at ministry than I want to be with Jesus, that's a temptation and burnout's the fruit of that. Um, But everything that you are saying of like a deep walk with Jesus is our best preventative, or at least least it's, it's our best companion, I would say is a good... It's the best way it's to go. It's the best into way it. to go into it because, like, it feels <laughs> yeah. inevitable sometimes. But like, watch yeah. and pray. Go spend time with Jesus. Be time in secret with Him, and that is something that I think. I think that translates into the restorative nature. That like a deep walk with Jesus also restores burnout as well. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I, I'm a, I've experienced both of those. I've experienced like the the personal side of it. Where, like I've gone so hard in a season and just hit a wall. I'm also kind of experiencing now where it's like, there just seems like there's a thousand dumpster fires around me and I'm like (laughs) things that, things that I can't control. Like too many things that you can't control. And I'm like, I'm pouring so much out and therefore I'm also getting burned out. And, um, actually before we are recording this today, um, there's a trail outside my back, uh, my backyard, um, that leads into the woods. And I was just, I was walking, just trying to clear my head and it was super dark outside and I was just, I was frustrated with God. I was like, Lord, here's the 11,000 things that your people need. And I'm one person and I can't, like, I feel like I'm on ministry, like paycheck to paycheck. That's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. Um, running yeah, on just, fumes. Just running on fumes and not knowing how you're going to meet all these needs. And I remember looking up and like ahead of me, I couldn't see the stars. And I looked back and I looked up and I saw all these stars behind me in the night sky where like I couldn't see with my perspective in the moment and dude that was like mm. that was revolutionary for me because it was almost like a Matthew 630 moment where it's like oh ye of little faith like yeah like if he cares for the lilies yeah. of the grass of the field good. that are here today and gone tomorrow how much more will he not care for you um and if he can hang the moon and the sky and the stars like he's he cares for billions of people I'm entrusted to steward the ones that he's already caring for. It's not my job to carry their burdens. It's my job to steward how God yeah. wants to care for them. Um, yeah. And I'm like, bro, like that, like that didn't cure burnout, but that changed my perspective. Um, it ch- and it changes your perspective. 100%. In burnout. And like that's, that can help carry yeah. you through. Right. Yeah. I think, man, I, I think one thing that's really interesting is, even though burnout might not be a result of sin, I think whilst we're in this burnout season, while we are battling, you know, this, this fight with burnout, I do think that opens the door for specific spiritual warfare and specific temptations that we are more susceptible to when we're not motivated to do ministry when our walk with the Lord just doesn't seem fruitful or doesn't seem rewarding in a way. And so I mean, Reagan, how do we fight that aspect, right? This whole Peter, you know, conversation that we brought up, lest you fall into temptation when we're in burnout, man, I feel like that's when Satan is firing 
like he is going all cylinders blazing towards us, trying to get us to disqualify ourselves from ministry, yeah. to get us to mess up in some way. So there is no way to come yeah. back. Right. What do you do? Well, I mean, clearly watch and pray, go be with Jesus. Like, but that isn't always, this is going to sound weird to say that isn't always the solution to, to it because like, and it's not immediately it, it satisfying because also like, like just being real, like, I come home, the times that I feel like the devil has attacked me the most is when like I come back from a camp and you and I have talked about this where it's people overload mm. and then I come back and it's an empty apartment and it's pitch black and I'm just scrolling through on my phone and every temptation, I'm gassed, I'm tired, every temptation, every thought, yeah. every like negative lie immediately floods and like the time with Jesus is preventative. Like Jesus says, watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. Because the temptation that Jesus, that Jesus was talking about was Peter denying him at the cross. It wasn't in the garden. Yeah. It wasn't in the garden. It was for something to come. So that's what our time with the Lord is. It's preventative mm -hmm. for things to come. When it happens, like Peter wasn't in the garden by himself. There were other disciples. And I think that's like having accountability, yeah. knowing the places where it's like, all right, I'm, I'm tired here. I'm burned out in this area. Having people that are like, know what you're doing able to speak gospel truth into your life. Like that's what Vic has actually, I, he's, I've never told him this, but like that's what Vic has been a lot for me. No, oh, no. Where it's like my, in isolation, my mind will believe every single negative lie, but having someone mm -hmm. able to be like, Hey man, like one, that's not what scripture says. Cause as much as I love Vic, his opinion doesn't matter nearly as much <laughs> as Jesus is. Yeah, so true. Honestly. So I'm like, I, it's I so don't true. need a friend to tell me, hey, this is what I think about you because you're probably wrong. Like you'll yeah, be OK. It's like this is what God yeah. says about you. And here's what I'm going to point you to. Um, and I think having that paired up with the watch and pray preventative, I think that's the easiest way to fight sin when things are like when your heart is burned out, when you're not feeling like you're ready to like rush the spiritual mountain. Like those two things, like yeah. honestly, have been like lifesavers for me. Um, and, and knowing that there's yeah, grace, that's good. Like there's grace, grace on grace, grace on grace, grace, there's yeah. grace, there's grace. I think, I think the community aspect that you hit on is, I mean, right under Jesus, the most, one of the most important yeah. things, right there, there is absolutely no way we can fight sin. The temptation that we fight in burnouts, the just the the concept of burnout itself, there's no way we can battle that in a yeah. vacuum. There's no way. If 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 we try to attack that in isolation, uh, we are just doomed to fail. I mean, you go all the way back to Genesis one. We were people designed for yeah. community, right? And so, I'm also this is something that I talk about a lot because I'm a huge fan of it. It's just like crazy practical prayers. Yeah. I think there's something to simple, real, practical, honest prayers. And so in seasons of discouragement, but particularly in seasons of burnout, I will just be like, God, I am burned out and don't know what yeah. to say. Help me fall in love with you. Help me battle this thing. Keep me from temptation. Yeah. Amen. That's it. And like, th like those simple prayers, I don't have to, I don't have to go to God with this like Matthew six prayer of like lofty words, fancy speech to, to, to try and convince God to bring me out of yeah. my burnout. Right. I need to be honest and upfront with where I am, surrender it to Jesus and walk yeah. with him. 
And if I pair that with community, man, that redemptive aspect is on its way. I mean, Reagan, I know you've talked a little bit about your seasons of burnout. What have those redemptive seasons, the the periods of God bringing you from burnout back to just like rejuvenation in ministry? What do those look like? Uh, it didn't look like rejuvenation like what I thought it would. Um, it, it really, yeah. like, I thought rejuvenation would come back to like, I'm ready to climb that mountain. I can do all things through Christ. And I'm like, mm-hmm. if anything, it's humbling that I'm like, man, I am finite. I have needs. Mm. Um, I serve the God that created the whole world and I can't even wrap my arms around my 200 kids. <laughs> And he yeah. cares for like 8 billion. And that's just now, not to mention like yeah. the generations before and the generations that will come. And it's like that knowledge of who God is and who I'm not, that's actually been the restorative nature that like, I think about it a little bit like David. David says like, dear God, like restore to me the joy of my salvation. Like it's not, yeah. it's not the yeah. joy of David's position and the joy of like his ability to like, feel in control it's the joy of his salvation and knowing that i'm like that's the god that i serve and i have my needs yeah. and he doesn't have any needs um that's the biggest thing that's good that's the biggest thing that it's been for me and it's been like humbling to also see myself fall back um to like learn the mm-hmm. lesson and then oh ye of little faith like over yeah, pulling Israel and like over and over and over yeah. and over. And I'm like, like when we say sanctification sucks, that's what we mean. Cause it's like, it's not like the, the process <laughs> is good, but seeing the way that yeah. my heart, I'm like, I just learned this and now I'm back here that like this self-sufficiency that my heart is drawn to, um, it doesn't lead to a good I, place. I love, I love that you brought up Psalm 51 with, you know, David talking about asking, like literally like it's this picture of a realistic and like literal prayer, right? Like David's just telling God what's up. Like I ain't got joy right now. So give it back. You know what I mean? Like my relationship with you should be producing joy. So please give it back. You know what I mean? And so I, I love his prayer, but I also love what he says right after it. So he says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. And then, the next verse says, so that sinners will return to yeah. you. And it's really fascinating, right? Because David's not even concerned primarily for himself. David is concerned primarily for the people who are walking away from yeah. God. And as pastors, I find that I find the translation there, man, we have a responsibility and a call to shepherd the flock where we place other people's lives as more important than our own. Okay. Hold up. So the, I, I want to hit on this. Cause you just said, so, so we want to tie this into ministry and life. Where's the balance yeah. between man, I'm going to kill myself for the flock. I'm going to get burned out for yeah. the flock at the expense of my personal 25 yeah. year old life. Like, how how do we balance yeah. that? Because I ha- I don't know. That's a great question. I have no clue. Um, so let's talk about it. <laughs> I think I think there's 
I think there's, and this is all significantly easier said than done. I think the call to the pastorate primarily, this is a call. This is not, this is not a call to directorship, right? This is a call to church directional eldership. I think on those people, there is a call specifically on them to lay aside their personal preferences and to lay aside their good wants and desires for their life and instead replace them with what's good for the flock. And I think you see that in the call to an elder, right? Paul talks about how it's a good thing to want to be an elder, but it is not easy, right? Like he's writing this letter to Timothy and he talks about, he talks about how, like one, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Yeah, we know that classic verse. But but he also transitions to man. These are what this is what it takes for you to be a, a pastor. This is what it takes for you to be an elder. You need to take care of your family. You need to have yourself in order. You need to be able to preach, teach. You need to be someone of of good standing with others, right? You need to be someone above reproach. And those are things that you would want to be true of all Christians. But I think with the pastorate with elders being judged at a higher responsibility. I think with the eldership, with the higher call of shepherding, like we are called in a lot of ways to be many Jesuses. Don't clip that and take it out of context, but we are called to be, you know, the mediators between like in this space for people. And so I think that requires us to surrender a lot of what we prefer for the sake of the flock However, taking that intention with you can't yeah. do that if you're not healthy and taken yep. care of, right? Yep. And so like managing those yep. things, if you can't just go sacrifice for the go sacrifice yourself for the flock if you're not healthy. Yeah. That sacrifice will mean nothing, well, right? Like you need to be deep rooted with Jesus so that your sacrifice for the flock matters. Yeah. Yeah, I th- that, however, I think is the most important part of what you just said. Because um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're called to sacrifice, we're called to serve. Like, even if you're not an elder, like, if you're just a follower of Jesus, like, husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church, that's a sacrificial love. Like, that's just... Like, that's not just a pastor thing. That's just what it means to follow Jesus. But it's like, you are called to pour out... But if you have nothing to pour out, that's where burnout happens. So the problem is not always pouring out. The problem is, do you have anything that's being poured into you? And like, are you abiding in him? And I think that's the, where I've fallen into like burnout in my life is not even when I'm not spending time with Jesus, but when I am giving to people more than I am receiving from God. That it's like, I, I can sit there in the morning and I can have my Bible open, but dude, I'm thinking about the hundred work emails that I need to send. I'm thinking about the yeah. kid that's in the hospital. I'm thinking about like, I'm thinking about, and they're not bad things. They're, they're the work of yeah, the they're ministry. They're all good things. But I'm like, ministry was here before me. Ministry will be here after me. I am put on this earth to love Jesus and to steward what he puts in front of me. Um, yeah. And man, I, I honestly, I don't know how to hold that tension. Cause like I've, I've fallen into burnout yeah. multiple times. And so yeah. I don't know how to hold that together, but that, that's just like, that's what I'm wrestling with. Yeah. And I mean, hopefully this is encouraging at least to a degree of, uh, 
it's okay to be a young pastor in the ministry and battle these things. I don't know if you felt this in your burnout. I definitely did in mine. My campus is, it can feel isolating at my campus. Um, and burnout just kind of exaggerated those feelings. We're going to talk about loneliness and isolation in the next episode. We're coming Fun. back with a very encouraging topic. <laughs> but how did you feel in terms of isolation or loneliness in your seasons of burnout? Because, I mean, we've talked about the importance of community and how good it is. But like, even with community all around you, good Christ-centered, deep community, you still feel isolated. Well, the- how did like is that something you experienced? The loneliest people are surrounded by other people. It's like it's that it's that old like image of like the kid that's like surrounded yeah. by a hundred people but feels so alone. Um, yeah, I think burnout is already an I, burnout is an isolating thought process where it's like it all depends on me. I have mm. to pour this out. I have to wrap my arms around yeah. it. So you're starting from a place of isolation. So it would make sense that you end in a place of isolation. Um, and so I've always felt alone. Um, like I felt like if I got myself into burnout, I have to get myself out of burnout. Um, that I have to pull myself yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I have to. I have to fix it and for the I, sake of others. Yeah, like yeah. it. Well, yeah. on, honestly, if, yeah. you, if you want to get real, I've got a staff, dude, and so I'm like it. It trickles down yeah. from the top. So I've got, I've got two staff members and an intern, and so I'm like, if I'm burned out. I look at their lives and I'm like, I feel like their burnout is directly because of me. So I got to get my act hmm. together and therefore they cannot feel burned. So like it's isolating on top of the pressure of, dude, you have responsibilities. Um, but it isn't the case. Yeah. And I think that the times that I've been comforted most have actually been like when someone has sat me down and be like, Hey man, one, I've been where you've been. Two, you're not alone. And like, yeah, taking things off my plate didn't actually help. Um, hmm. it, it really didn't. It's just, it simply just took time and being there with somebody. Like, that, 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 I'm not yeah. saying that's the, that's the general blanket for everybody, but like, that's what it was with me that I'm like, I woke up kind of six months later and I was like, okay. God sustained me. Like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. He, he sustained me and well, was, it was a season. Yeah. I mean, we've talked a lot about spiritual aspects of burnout. I think a good way to close would be each of us maybe giving one practical thing to do in response to burnout. And this is not, again, this isn't a how to, this is just stuff that we did yeah. in our burnout that was good. <laughs> um, and so I'll, I'll go. Uh, one thing that really helped me was, I mean, I'm a student pastor, so I have a boss, right? I told, I told my pastor, I told my boss, um, you know, I say he's my boss. He's my pastor. He cares for me. He loves me. And I let him know. I told him, I invited him into those conversations and he was able to come alongside me in a lot of ways and help carry me through that season. Uh, and so that was one thing, super practical, super easy is just inviting my pastor into it. Um, if, if you're listening to this and you find yourself as a young, like lead pastor or someone that, uh, is, is 
doesn't ne necessarily have someone pastoring over you, then I think I think you should tell a mentor or someone that you look yeah. up to, someone that's speaking or giving life to you, uh, someone that that has power and spiritual authority in your life. Hopefully, if you're a young pastor and you're the head guy, you have a mentor, or someone speaking life into you. Yeah. And so that that would be my super practical thing is, man, you need to tell someone who has spiritual, you know, authority or like spiritual weight in your life that you're battling this so that they can come alongside you tangibly and help carry you through. Yeah. Yeah. That's Reagan. What about you? That's awesome, man. Um, I think mine's, mine's pretty recent. Cause we, uh, I got to sit down with, um, a more seasoned student pastor from a church in Tennessee recently. And, um, he's straight up like in his office, he's like, you can ask me anything. I was like, okay, bro, what do you do with burnout? Um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's, Let's be honest. That's a good question. It's the one thing that's on my mind. And he was like, I'll, I'll never figure this is like, all right, don't laugh. Watch this. And he goes over, turns all the lights off in the office, shuts the door, turns like on Spotify on his TV or something like that. Plays this guy called William Augusto. It's like instrumental worship music. Like, it's just like, it's anointed. It's the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life. How do you and say William? William. I'm going to write it down so that we can William put it in the show notes. Augusto. Go get hip to it. It is all right. I got it. Radically, it's just like ambient worship sounds, and he just sits there, back on the couch, yeah. and he was like, "Before I start my time with the Lord, I am still, and I sit in silence mm. before the King of Kings." And he was like, "I have I have time scheduled out," and it's like the practical thing with that. I was like, I, "I'm music is a way that I engage," and so like if. If I'm studying, I have music on in the background. Like music is a way that I engage with the Lord. Like I love student worship. That's like what I do. So if you are musically inclined, bro, go put on William Augusto. Go put on whatever you want to. Go put your AirPods in and go on a walk. And like yeah. allow the Lord. He says, be still and know that I am God. And a lot of the burnout happens because we mm -hmm. forget that he is God. And so yeah, be still, sit with him and know that he is God. Um, and that hasn't like cured my burnout, um, but that has brought me a lot of peace to remember who God is and who I'm not. Um, also, I think it's important to note That's that like good. burnout isn't the purple heart of ministry. It's it's not the thing that you aspire for. It's like, hey, like we got burnout. Like it's not. Let's just run so hard. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's not a badge of honor to think that you can do more than you can. Um, yeah. And it's also not the unforgivable sin or like the pit that you can't come back from. Like there's a lot of pastors, you're looking yeah. at two of them in their early twenties that have <laughs> yeah. experienced this and like have learned more about God through it. Like we've become sanctified through our burnout. Um, yeah. And have finished seen, sanctified yeah. with a D. Yeah. But I think like sanctified, we're done. But I, th I think Vic's on the other end of his. <laughs> I'm kind of still in the middle of mine. Um, yeah. And that's okay. And like God is present in both and God is restorative in both. And you don't have to stay where you are. That like God has promised himself to you that he's near to the brokenhearted and the crushing spirit. Um, and I think that's I a good word. I think that's where, yeah, I think that's where this becomes really encouraging, right? Because... There, if someone's listening to this podcast and they're hearing from someone who's like gone through burnout, but is on the other end, that's cool. 
but like hearing from someone that's still waiting for that redemptive piece of it, right? Or still going through that Bro, like back end piece of it. I cried today. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like, for real. I'm, it's like I'm in it. That's that that is the piece where it's like, man, we're in it. Yeah. <laughs> like we're in it with you. And if you like, seriously, if you guys have questions, if you guys just want to talk, email us sanctifiedish at gmail.com. It's monitored. I read it. Reagan reads it. We'll try and respond. Uh, this is something that if you have experience with and have things that can help us send it to us, please, because this again, this is like we need it uh, for now and for the future. And so, yeah, Reagan, anything else? I mean, that's. That's 45 minutes of gold, in my opinion. It's, might be fool's gold. Really really sad gold. Really <laughs> sad gold, but it's gold. It's it's real, man. And it's <laughs> it's it's stuff that we're going to deal as 25-year-old pastors. It's also stuff that we're going to deal with as 45-year-old pastors and 45-year-old Christians. Like, it's, it's not yeah. something that you just kind of conquer and move on. It comes in waves, and it comes in different seasons of life. Um and it just forces you to be more dependent on I'll Jesus. tell you this. I'll tell you this. I'd rather deal with burnout at 45 than be disqualified for ministry. I'd rather still be running the race, fighting, right, than having compromised myself and my faith for something momentary. So yeah. burnout is better than that. <laughs> so that's, awesome. That's well, you can find our podcast. <laughs> Burnout is better than disqualification. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You can find our podcast on all the outlets, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on there. Follow us on social, Sanctified-ish. We have Instagram, TikTok. We'll be posting clips from our podcasts there, as well as live streaming some stuff. So that should be, that should be pretty fun. So we're thankful for y'all. Have a great week, and we will see you guys next time. Until then, take care, Peace. and God bless. Peace.